Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. I'm Lynn Wilder. And I'm Joel Grote. And we're doing part two of Anna's story. Yeah, welcome <laughs> back. We're oh. talking to Anna Baster. Hi, thank Anna. You for, oh, hi. Thank you no, for having thank me. thank you for doing this. Oh, no, um, I'm happy to. This is uh, something we often run into in mm-hmm. ministry, hearing from Christians who have family members who are drawn to performance-based mm-hmm. religion, in particular the Latter-day Saint Church. Mm-hmm. And so... This is what happened with you. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. You almost got there. You thought it was the perfect place. You're having all these good feelings. And that's kind of where we ended last yeah. time. Yes. So. And for those who are catching up, Anna came from a traditional historic Christian background, but then because of a romantic relationship, mm-hmm. got interested in um, the LDS church and decided to investigate it and research it. Mm-hmm. and when we ended last time was at that point, she had made, you'd made the decision Mm -hmm. to become baptized Mm -hmm. as a Mormon. Yes. And you were going to talk about letting your boyfriend who is on his mission at -hmm. this point, know about that. So go ahead and pick up there. It's December and yeah. She also talked about a mysterious packet that I'm curious to hear about. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Yes, that your dad gives you this packet of information right. right around that same time, right as you're leaving to go Skype your boyfriend? Yes. Yeah. And I do want to clarify, um, I was madly in love with this young man, but when he had left for his mission that we, um, we weren't officially together, but I was very much in love with him. And so we had just made the decision that in the event that he would be listening to this podcast, um, <laughs> that we did, we made the, the decision to we thought we'd have the best chance of successfully ending up together if we didn't try to stay together during this mission. mission. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Which is a typical thing to do, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very not much supposed so. Supposed to be attached. Or... Yeah. No. Very much yeah. so. And I just wanted to make that a clarification. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. So we had just finished finished skyping, and as we said before, my dad had given me this packet of, of information and had honestly, lovingly, and kindly told me to uh, or asked me to please just take a look at it so i get home from this skype session um full of excitement and joy from this just you know new life i was hoping to start soon after um this young man came home and i take a look at this packet laying on my bed and i i thought well i don't want to read <laughs> any of this but you know i first appreciated the way my dad had approached me with it he hadn't been forceful about it at all Um, And then just essentially I thought, well, you know, I've been convinced of the truth of this. One, if this, if this, you know, religious system essentially is is really true, then any, you know, it's going to bear up to. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it it will. It shouldn't, it shouldn't matter. Um, And essentially too, like I want to be able to tell my father that, okay, well, I've looked at everything you've thrown at me and it still doesn't you know, affect my decision. Yeah. So I opened it up and I'll be on, I mean, it had tons of awesome resources in it. And I'll be honest, most of it, I initially rejected 
just because it seemed like it had been written by people who didn't, like I thought, didn't understand, um, you know, over anti-Mormon, anti-Mormon literature. Right. Some of them, some of it seemed kind of harsh. Like I might, I remember one, I don't remember the name of it, but I remember one, I just, even the first paragraph, I was like, okay, these people, you know, I just had these preconceived ideas of what this stuff would do, you know, to my faith. Right. However, one thing in the packet did stand out to me and it was, it was actually Lynn, it was actually your book, Unveiling Grace. <laughs> Um, and I just, you know, just even reading the back of it and, and just reading that it was by um, a woman who had been Mormon and who had left the church and the story of how she had left the church and why and with her family. And that intrigued me because I thought, okay, well, she's actually been Mormon. So she actually knows the ropes. She probably knows more of the church than I even do. And this might be worth, you know, looking into. So I started the book. And just from the first chapter, I could not put it down. I mean, I was just, I was hooked. <laughs> and I just, even from the first chapter, I mean, the similarities between your family, Lynn, um, as far as, like, when you guys were members of the church, mm-hmm. to the family that I had so admired for so many years, right. the similarities were just uh, uncanny. Like, I, I remember just thinking, like, this, this is insane. Like, this, they're almost identical as far as how they live. Um, and so I read through, I just tore through the book. I read it very quickly. Oh. And uh, hopefully, at least the first third of the book, you're seeing this positive view mm-hmm. of the Mormon culture, right? Which is a place where you were at the time. Yeah, absolutely. And you and you highlighted things that I loved about the church. I mean, you even were saying things that you had loved about the church. I'm like, oh, my word, like, that's exactly how I feel about that. Um, and then going through the book, um, you start explaining your journey out of it, and you start highlighting you know, issues with the doctrine or issues with the church history that things that either I'd heard about kind of rumors of or even things I'd read in Mormon scripture that I, that had kind of, you know, un- unsettled my heart, but right. I had kind of looked past. And, and in your in your book, it validated those things and it said, hey, this actually is an issue. Like, I noticed this too. And, and there was something powerful about, about reading that. I'm like, okay, okay, maybe I'm not crazy for, you know, that definitely bothered me too. Um, Maybe I should pay attention to it rather than ignoring it. Exactly, right? exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so, and then also, kind of, it, you kind of helped in a way also to to give me an insider's view of someone who'd been, you know, because from my perspective, I'd never lived the Mormon lifestyle either. You know, as I mean, I, as far as like raising a family in it and being a member of the church and having, you know, callings and all of that. And so being able to see kind of, I'd say, behind the scenes a little bit and and you identified issues that, you know, basically it's not all rainbows and roses. Like, it's presented, (laughs) if you know what I mean. Anyway, so I'd like to say after reading that book that I completely was like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to just, you know, not pursue this anymore. But that's not what I did. Um, But I will say that the book, like I said, kind of sparked... Um, it validates some concerns. So what it what it did serve to do is, and I know I know the Lord used your book in a huge way to kind of like I said, highlight issues. So I was like, okay, I need to do a little bit more research before I actually make this decision. And that, mm-hmm. and that right there, I can like see God just slowly, you know, like chipping away this these blinders that I had honestly put on. Um, and so yeah, that just kickstarted this whole. Um, I started reading things that were apologetics. I started um, reading the New Testament again in the book, you know, just briefly in the book, you talk about Adam's Road and your son Micah, um, how he had started this ministry and he challenges people to read the the Bible like a child. And so I I started rereading the New Testament 
um, kind of putting it against Mormon scripture. Wow. Um, I, you know, and, and throughout this this period, I and that's when I also started doing internet searches. Um, I started reading the materials my dad had put in the packet, which were some things that came from IRR Institute for Religious Research. That Joel so cool. is with. That he is yeah. with. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more I read about the church, the more I started really digging into scripture. Like I know God was pulling out, I mean, just as I read the New Testament, God was pulling out verses and just like, okay, Anna, like, look at this, like, look at this, look at this, you know. Um, One specifically, you know, was that God does not dwell in a temple made by human hands. And I remember that hitting me like, hold on a minute, like the entire Mormon faith is based around this idea that like the presence of God is strongest in this temple. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is literally (laughs) telling me the complete opposite. So that's just one example. Um, but the more, so the more I did that, the more um, I realized, okay, this there's something wrong with this faith. And unfortunately, that also just made me kind of doubt God in general. I mean, I went through, I so this was December. I started, I read the book in December. I started the searching journey. Um, that whole semester of college from January to, I'd say, the end of that semester, like May, I will say it was pretty dark in my story as far as just faith. Like I right. was, I was questioning God. I was like, well, if this, if this isn't true, like this faith, like religion isn't true, and and like then what is true? Like God, are you actually there? I mean, how, how? First of all, like how could you allow me to even have this as part of my story? You know, all these questions. <laughs> yes. Um, now at this point, are you still attending the LDS Church at all, or do you? I mean, so you're kind of in both worlds for a while? That, yeah, actually, I would definitely say in both worlds for a while. Um, I had kind of, by God's mercy, I'd been a friend of mine had kind of gotten me involved with the Christian organization on campus. Okay. And so my college life, I was kind of a Christian. And my, I say kind of, but like I'd be going, I'd go to some things. And, um, but I, it was, that was another reason why I was so dark because I really didn't feel like I had any real <laughs> friends because like I had my Mormon community who would be disappointed with my Christian community, my Christian community. Cause I, and I didn't know what to believe. And so I was, wow. I felt, I mean, I was so lost. I, again, I have journal entries just of just the darkness. I just, I, I didn't know which way it was up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, lots of prayer feeling like the heavens were brass in a way, you know, feeling like God, you know, where do I go from here? You know? And um, again, and I, but I still, I kept reading, you know, I kept uh, researching and, and the, the farther it drove me from the Mormon church, but to answer your question, I would attend on and off. I mean, it, it, sometimes I'd go one Sunday a month for a month and then maybe I'd go a couple the next month, you know, but I think people on both ends could tell that I was just struggling in my right. faith in general, mm-hmm. but I was not, I was not committed you know, to either way at that mm. point, because then I was just like, what do I, I didn't know. So what the Bible calls that double-mindedness, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And and it it does bring darkness, mm-hmm. not being able to make a final decision and move a certain direction, right, right. toward biblical grace. Right. puts you in this in-between place that's mm-hmm. miserable and right. sometimes is depressing, mm-hmm. suicidal even mm-hmm. sometimes when you're trying right. to make that decision, huh? No, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what encourages you? What keeps you moving toward the light than toward biblical truth? As far as you mean? Yeah, during that, that time. Point. Yeah, as Right, you're in. absolutely. Um, I would just, I, I would say that time in my life is, is a distinct um, example of God's goodness and his grace and his patience with me because I, I read stories in the Old Testament of Israel and how they were so like, 
<laughs> they would just stray so far from God, even though he'd done so many wonderful, amazing things in their lives. And I just look at that, I look back on that season of my life, and God was so patient, so loving. I mean, I just, putting people in my path at certain times where it would just speak truth or speak light to me. Um, and that summer, I had really started um, looking more into Adam's Road, the ministry that Micah has on Lynn, your son. I started watching their YouTube videos online, and I just remember actually specifically watching one of the testimony videos and just remembering, like, okay, that faith in Christ is, first of all, that is exactly what the New Testament is describing when I'm reading it now. Um, and it, that is the faith that, it was like part of me remembers even as a child, like, the call that God, you know, just this knowledge that, like, the Lord loves me and... Like, he is alive, you know, and I don't know how to, it, yeah. it just, things that I couldn't even really explain, except now looking back, I'm like, I know that God was lovingly bringing me back and was so patient <laughs> with my heart in that time. Um, but anyway, so finally that summer I decided, I, I looked up Adam's road schedule on a whim. Again, no, not by chance, totally of God. <laughs> um, but I looked up and saw that they were going to be playing near me in August. Um, and so I finally was... Again, pretty lost, but had decided, all right, God, I guess I'm just going to go and just check it out, see what they have to say, um, because I was able to connect with them at a level as far as, like, they understood the faith they understood, you know, Mormonism as far as where I was coming from. I still had some of this, you know, works-based feeling of, you know, like, guilt, like, I wasn't living the religion that, like, maybe was true, but I knew there was something wrong with the church, and, you know, it was just very messy. Yes. It's yeah. very messy. Oh, it is. Um Anyway, and so I drove two hours one night in August to just by chance meet up with them and uh, watch their performance. It was incredible. Um, and then after that, I went up to the table and I introduced myself to Mike and he said, he's like, oh, you emailed us, didn't you? And I was like, yeah, I did a few days ago. And, and they asked if I wanted to go chat with them after. Um, at a Chinese restaurant after their show, and, and after they sat and talked with me for about an hour and a half, him and Joseph, um, and it was just so powerful. It was such a gift from God to talk to people yeah. who had been members of the church, who had left for all the reasons that I had been concerned, honestly, I'd been concerned about, you know, these things that didn't make sense. Um, and then just from that point on, like, God really used that experience is just like a direct I mean I just felt his hand a direct answer to prayer mm. and from that point on I mean he I went back to school I knew and after reading scripture I knew I had to cut the church out of my life essentially like I knew that I couldn't flirt with it essentially and right. so I, I, I ha so I, I stopped attending the ward I um, started reading scripture more faithfully as far as like just the New Testament um in order to move on from that double-mindedness, right? Exactly, right. exactly. To have some relief from this in-between misery kind exactly, of thing. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And I mean... <sighs> so so, let me jump back mm -hmm. now to your parents, and yes. especially your dad. At what point do you let him in on the fact that uh, my trajectory is at least starting to change? Where are your parents during <laughs> the time of searching, during especially like this dark, uncertain time yeah you know I honestly I don't know that my parents even had any idea of how dark I like how confused and how lost I really was so you don't reach out to them no you don't go back no to them and that. again I came I come I just I remember just feeling like nobody understood like I just mm -hmm. felt like nobody understood wow. where I was I 
you know, coming from my entire extended family, too, are Christians. And so, which is a beautiful thing to be raised in. However, from my perspective at that time, I felt like if people really knew where I was at, that I'd be kind of a black sheep because, well, first of all, I'm questioning my faith. Like, I was questioning Christianity. Like, first of all, how could I do that, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I was exploring a religion that I had been told by my father was a cult. You know, so all these... You know, but even after deciding I wasn't going to join the Mormon church, like I was, like I said, I told you before, I was still questioning Christianity in general. Right. And so I, explaining that to my parents, I felt like would be not only heartbreaking, but I thought I would just basically get a lecture and it wasn't. Yeah. That wasn't going to be a safe place either. Exactly. Exactly. And it wasn't until I connected with basically people who had been where I was um, and that could understand, I guess, that God really used that in a powerful way to yeah. speak to me. And, you know, because even the things that pulled me into Mormonism, you know, other Christians couldn't really understand. And, it, you know, not that right. they couldn't if they weren't in my position, but coming from their perspective, you know, not right. maybe having certain tendencies or weaknesses or whatever, um, they couldn't entirely relate. Right. And so, so. Do you know, I mean, do you have a marked point where you're like, okay, I've, well, what did the cutting ties look like? Let me, I, let me ask that question. So what did it look like to sever ties with the LDS church? I'm guessing Tom, I'll say Tom Bien, they're Spanish. Well, um, also with, also with um, your boyfriend, talk us through kind of briefly that part of the journey because that had to be really hard right right it, that was actually really hard and I like to say again that after I met with all of them that August that I just cut everything off not as not exactly I again was holding on to pieces especially this relationship very tightly like I you know would say oh god I'm giving it to you but essentially in my heart I really wasn't and I and I did cut ties in certain ways I mean I, I stopped attending the ward I stopped you know meeting with the missionaries um, you know, those things I, I cut ties with. But as far as that relationship, that was really, you know, and God did huge things in my life. So this was, you know, August 2015 when I met Adams Road and I, this, this drastic change happened in my life for God. I mean, my relationship with him just grew. I, I learned what it was like to follow Jesus. It was this beautiful thing, but I just still had this hold in my heart with this relationship, yeah, right? So things he, like forever marriage, right? Right, yeah, right. And, you know, and at this point, I had honestly given even that up. Like, I had, I knew I wasn't going to join the church. I knew that this was not, you know, what God had, you know, for me. But I held, held on to this idea that he was going to come home and he was going to hear out my story and he was going to leave the church. Aww. So in a nutshell, he came home in July of 2016. Um... And looking back, and I think we both had the same idea, like he, he was going to come home and I was going to convert, or you know, I thought he was going to come home and he was going to convert. <laughs> right. And it, and again, to summarize, I mean, it, it took me uh, probably about six months of just, uh, he went out to BYU and we kept this relationship going. I actually went out to BYU twice in that time that we were wow. together to visit. Um, mm-hmm. And even then, like even being out there, like I found myself second guessing my decision to you know because this relationship was so powerful this and yes. this lifestyle and even being out there like it I remember thinking like everything goes right here like everything here is perfect it's <laughs> like I seriously you know and having to go back to like God's word and go back to like okay you know like this this is what God says like in black and white in the Bible and like this you know and then coming home and so yeah it, it took me six to seven months and I just not just me I mean we it was a mutual decision the most painful decision but mutual decision to walk away from it because he also I mean he 
we knew that we couldn't base a marriage on, on unequal with unequally yoked. Right. Wow. So I remember the first time I drove through Logan, Utah, years and years and years ago. The streets were clean, mm-hmm. and the houses were painted, and the yards were manicured. And there again is this worldly appearance mm-hmm. thing. I'd never seen anything that pretty. Kind of what you were yeah. seeing at BYU, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And and that's attractive to your fleshly human mm-hmm. side. You want that. Mm-hmm. And especially probably the family thing mm-hmm. for you, right? Mm-hmm. The relationships. Oh, absolutely. And that was what spoke to me. The, the, You know, even from the beginning with with the Mormon faith was just the families and also the formula. You know, the, the idea that is if you do X, Y, and Z, then your family will be successful. Oh. Like you will, you will have yeah, these things. And I remember. Believe that, yeah. I know, and then I remember one comment even in, in church award one, once when I was, you know, still investigating the the idea of like, well, make sure, make sure you tithe because um, otherwise you're missing out on blessings. Was the quote that you know, and that whole idea being applied to you know just. Essentially, we do certain things in order to be blessed. And if I do X, Y, and Z, then God's going to bless me in this way. So we have about five minutes, and I'd like to turn this to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) all these wonderful things that you've walked away from, why? Why walk away from them? And then what's your reward or what what's mm-hmm. next? What's better? Why choose to walk away? Mm-hmm. Right? No, that's an excellent question. Um, and I think the best way to start with answering that is one thing that always stuck with me as I was investigating, as I was learning about this this religious system and everything was I just... I knew that I was not close with the Lord. I don't know how to better to explain that. Like I, you know, growing up, wow. not that my relationship with God was perfect by any means, but I was lacking this closeness. And and I and I think maybe I only knew that because maybe I, I felt it as a kid or, or whatever. But I just there was something in my heart that knew that I was not. I was not pursuing what He had for me you know like there was like I said this this closeness that this like personal relationship that was no longer there like all of a sudden now instead of having this personal relationship I had to do certain things and I had to go through the prophet to hear from him and I had you know the temple and I had to get a recommend and there was all these things all of a sudden I'm like all of a sudden I'm removed from this personal relationship um and so I would say that was really what alerted me you know really was like left my heart wanting more um, but then reading scripture, that's when I went back through, you know, the, the New Testament and, and reading like the God, like I am not called to all of these worldly successes, all these worldly possessions, like realizing that I am called to a relate, like a deep personal relationship with him that may, I mean, that may require giving up everything that I have in in an earthly sense. And that was something that really stuck with me was this idea of Anna, like you're pursuing, you're pursuing wealth, you're pursuing this family, you're pursuing this relationship. And and God just revealed me, Anna, these are idols. Like, and I realized that I was idolizing these things, which is exactly what scripture told me not to do. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and, And so, you know, Jesus promises like in scripture that, you know, store up treasures in heaven um, where, you know, where moss and dust do not destroy, you know, 
and and just knowing that you know with with my relationship with Christ now it's like I know that eternally um, I, I will be with him you know and and with and at that point like now I can devote my life to telling people about this incredible gift because that's what it is like an incredible right. amazing gift that we've been given in in for by grace we have been saved not by works so yeah. that no one can boast you know do you have any specific incidences when god showed up for you as you've kind of turned back to traditional christian faith and gotten in the word any specific answers to prayer or confirmations oh or... my goodness well i can tell you right now first of all i tend to be a very anxious person like i'm a Anxiety has been something I've battled my entire life, I'll be honest, um, heart, yeah. like deep anxiety. Um, and even through my entire walk through Mormonism and then out, I mean, I was just so anxious. This anxiety did not leave me. And God has just given me such peace to make huge, I mean, in I'll share specifically, oh, like I've been God. praying for years, Lord, help me to know where you want me to go. Like, help me to know how I can serve you better, how I can learn to learn to be a servant essentially and here he has opened this incredible opportunity for me i mean it literally fell in my lap for me to come to winter garden florida and join the adams road ministry and to live i mean this isn't something that you know i even like worked for or something god just like kind of just presented this amazing opportunity as like such a, a direct answer to prayer wow. um so that's just one example but i mean so many but i said honestly for me it's just it's it's the peace and, and normally a decision like moving my entire life across the country and doing something that I honestly didn't even go to school to do would be so would anxiety be, oh my goodness right? like I would be absolutely a mess I mean, yeah. my, my dad could attest to that my, anyone who knows me could attest to that as a, as a kid, child used to have panic attacks like literally um, and I have just been given such peace and joy and fulfillment in just knowing that like all the work that I'm doing here is is not in vain because it's for the Lord and so I just I I thank him and I just am so excited to see what he's gonna do from here and yeah <laughs> that's so cool well, thank you so much thank you for joining us on another unveiling grace podcast thank you for listening to another episode of the unveiling grace podcast we hope you'll join us next time for another conversation devoted to taking your life and relationships to another level of healing. You may connect with us and leave your questions, comments, plus find the show notes at unveilinggracepodcast.com. That's unveilinggracepodcast.com, where you can experience a grace that heals.